Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Jose Baron for Imp of the Sun. It is an absolutely beautifully gorgeous, stunning platformer, 2D platformer with music and art inspired by Peru. And that's where the developers live. Imp of the Sun has different biomes inspired by the different biomes of Peru. And Jose, of course, was inspired by Peruvian music and instruments. Some of the instruments are 6,000 years old and he went to a museum to record them. That's super cool. But he also used instruments uh, that are a little more readily available like pan flutes, a flute called the kena, which you hear prominently because the kena uh, represents the main character. There are guitars from the region, like the charango, various percussion instruments, wooden trumpets, so much variety and so many different types of instruments. It's just all so wonderfully put together in the music for Imp of the Sun. A couple of things ahead of time. Please do check out our YouTube channel. You'll see a video of this conversation eventually, along with most other conversations I've had this year. And that's at youtube.com slash levelwithemilyreese. Head to our Discord. It's free for you to join us there. We love talking about games and music in games and other music and all kinds of things. It's a fun, positive place to be. So please stop on by if you haven't before. Link is in the show notes and you can find the Discord link for us in other various places as well. And please do consider becoming a patron. Patrons often get to know ahead of time who's coming up on the show. I do take kindly to recommendations, which you can make in the patron-only channel on our Discord. Patrons have access to special YouTube playlists that guests create and other perks. So please, if you're able to support us financially, we would uh, very much appreciate that. And back to Jose here. As he's going to explain, he started a video game company during the pandemic. And that company, it's called Sunwolf Entertainment. That's the company who made Imp of the Sun. So here is Jose. Imp of the Sun is um, uh, the first game we did at Sunwolf Entertainment. Sunwolf is a relatively new company that I started uh, right during the pandemic. And our first game is called Imp of the Sun. It's a small game uh, inspired by Peruvian culture, which is um, the culture of the team developing it. And yeah, we produced the game in 10 months, then um, packaging it and like doing um, ports to the different consoles took uh, eight more months. And then we, we launched the game <laughs> like two months ago and we're super excited. Yeah, I mean, that seems so fast, but uh, that's probably a whole other issue. Will you describe the game a little bit? It's so beautiful and colorful and, um, you know, 2D platformer kind of situation, but talk a little bit more about the, the game itself, if you would. 
Yeah, so, so Impact of Sun is a game inspired by, by Peruvian culture. We wanted to avoid the risk of uh, Bangor technologies, which is why we went for a, a 2D platformer. Um, we also, we wanted a, uh, an element that would differentiate the game from, from the crowded genre, which is why we decided to go for a Peruvian-inspired mythology. And we also wanted something that represented the culture of the people, which is why we chose that. Um, and it's a it's a story about Nin, which is a little imp uh, sent by the the sun god to defeat the four the four keepers that stole his power. Musically speaking, you have a lot of themes going on, melodic and rhythmic, which is really fun to kind of listen through and hear throughout the game. And uh, if we talk about Nin, uh, Nin has just a little three note flute theme, right? Will you talk about that? Yes, so uh, that's that's Nin's, Nin's motif. Yeah, you hear it like every time Nin appears or or does something like totally like on the um, during the cinematics, and and that's that was the first three notes that I wrote. Huh. They were like, okay, those stay, and then like the whole score was pulled um, from those three notes, and then there are like a bunch of, of other different themes. For instance, the the moons theme is also three notes and and you hear it like uh, right at the beginning as well of the overture and it's the whole dance between those two set of three notes and talk about that flute it's the kena right yes so for for nin we use a, a kena and for for kila which is the moon we use a, a kena chincha it's a variation of the of the kena, but more like a. It's made of clay, so it sounds kind of like an ocarina. Yeah, it's a really beautiful sound, and you use it throughout the whole score, obviously because it, you know, rep- represents Nin. But um, but it's just a really gorgeous sound. So was that an instrument that you were, you know, super familiar with, as it being a Peruvian instrument, or is this something you kind of learned more about as you dug into a- these ancient, more ancient instruments? Well, for the the kena, yes, I had used it before, and the Kena Chincha, not so much, but that was one of the, of the instruments that we actually recorded at the at a museum. So we had the opportunity to to record a bunch of instruments in a museum, and those are actual six thousand year old instruments. So we recorded that one, and I had never heard of the Kena Chincha because you hear of the Kena, but not of the Kena Chincha. And I was like, "Hey, what's that?" And so. I was like, oh, this sounds amazing. He's like, okay, I need to use it one way or another. (laughs) And that's exactly what we did. What are some of the other ancient instruments that you uh, were able to access and use for the score? 
oh, a lot of instruments. We record like 45 or 50 different instruments. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of seashells, requi trumpets, which are trumpets, uh, wooden trumpets. Then a lot of different flutes, uh, bone flutes, clay flutes, and, and one wooden flute. And then a lot of whistles, which I really, really love. Because actually the, the one that was 6,000 years old was a, like a, a whistle. And it sounded super like haunting and beautiful. And so did you, how did you approach the museum about possibly recording these instruments? How did that happen? Oh, one, one, one argument. <laughs> that's, that's all I had, which was like, you have 6,000-year-old instruments. You need to know how they sound. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, let's play them once, and that's it. And they were like, well, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> you can't argue with that. <laughs> Let's play them once and and then, you know, back to the, to the museum. Yeah. Now, did you play them yourself? No, 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 no. I, I hired like a like an actual uh, wind player. Okay. And yeah, it was interesting experience. It was very fascinating. mentioned wooden trumpets and as a trumpet player that conjures all kinds of interesting pictures in my head but I'm curious if that's the instrument that sounds kind of like a didgeridoo a little bit is that one of those wooden trumpets okay tell me more about those yeah yeah those were um exactly that so like a different shape trumpet and the one you might be hearing that sounds like a didgeridoo Brought that trumpet, but pitched down like uh, one octave or two. Oh, cool. So I did play with them a little bit as well. Um, some of them just to make them fit whatever um, tonality I was using. And and some of them were effect. So what, what you're hearing in, in that section uh, where, where you say like the didgeridoo uh, on the overture, you're hearing a toyo, which is uh, like the largest panpipes, which are like huge, like super tall. Yeah. And so there are like those, uh, a bass canacho pitched down and and the wooden trumpet pitched down. And in the game itself, there are different biomes, right? There, And one of the cool things, I think, is when you start, you can go wherever you want, right? Just like Breath of the Wild, you can just go. And I think, um, it, you know, it's neat that they're very obviously distinct areas. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and kind of coming up with a sound for each of these different spots? Yeah, of course. So um, we wanted exactly that. We wanted them to be different like completely different musically as well yeah. um, as well as, uh, as the art itself because the art was inspired by different regions of, of Peru and the music as well so there were like a few instruments were only used in each of the areas so for instance so on the mountains was the only area where I used the scissors which are the 
like <laughs> they sound like a triangle pretty much like two metal sticks Those toe scissors, which are are used in the music from Peru, which is uh, a region in Peru, then we had the handpipes there, and the uh, roncadoras are a percussion instrument, kind of like a bass drum, but sounds it's like a bass drum, but has like um, like a snare, and okay. so it sounds like a mix of those. And so the roncadoras and oh, and all the choirs were in in Aymara. Which is a language again from from the region. Okay. Uh, then on the um, on the desert we had the the cajones, with the, the Peruvian cajones, which don't have snare, as opposed to the Puerto Rican or the or the, they don't have a snare. So it sounds like more woody kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so we recorded an ensemble of cajones and make them epic, which was an interesting experience. And that whole area also was inspired by um, by a dance style, um, which is like just like a it's the Peruvian music. And the choirs also had like different languages for each of the areas. So on on the desert, they they were singing in Quechua. Um, in the jungle, they were singing in Ashaninka. And in the underworld, a mix of, of Aymara and Quechua. Yeah, I loved all the choir uh, choir work too. is really beautiful, and um, one of my favorite examples of that was in a, a track called "Mountain Precipices," which has just all this beautiful choral writing along with just a host of strummed instruments. a really neat track do you want to say more about that one yeah so that is like when you first get into the into the mountain it's a more beautiful setting 
than like musically as well than when when you do a boss. So uh, for that one, I used um, it was uh, yeah we had tijera, then charango, and and classical guitar. So those were the the strings you were hearing. Mm. And th again, though the choirs were in, in Aymara, and, and the featured instrument there was the pan. Love all the pan flutes too. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, so you know, we I have more questions about Imp of the Sun, of course, but I'd I'd love to step away for just a minute and learn a little bit more about you and your musical background. So, uh, what's your main instrument? So my main instrument is guitar, though I haven't played a bit. <laughs> but really, my main instrument is a computer <laughs> because that's what I use every day all day yeah but but yeah so that's that's the one i went to school with um i studied uh, at berkeley in in boston and and then i moved i moved to la where i lived for about two and a half years and then moved back to Berkeley. when you were growing up were you composing as as a young boy or did you not start that till you were older or how did that come into your life when i applied to berkeley and i I saw like the different uh, degrees and I saw film score and I was like, oh, is that a career? <laughs> can you do that? And then when I when I saw there was like a, a video game minor, I was like, can you do that? That's, I, I was just, like, it was just something that I never thought about, but I was like, that's really what I wanted. Yeah. So yeah, that's since that moment I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. So you clearly were a gamer or are a gamer, obviously. Yeah. So when you, I mean, because this company you mentioned is new and, uh, you know, like what made you decide to start it? You said you started it during the pandemic. Was it that decision or, or has it, was it something that you had wanted to do for a long time? It was really an opportunity because when, so when, when the pandemic started, I was like, I kept working um, normally because most of the most of the gaming companies were like, okay, what are we going to do? All right, it's fine. Let's keep going. Uh, yeah. So it, uh, it wasn't because of the pandemic, but I was talking with a, with a friend who was part of, a, uh, of, of an and we were just like, discussing, hey, what do you think about like this project? And I was like, um, I mean, it looks cool, but why don't you start a video game company? Game industry is like, it's going up right now. So it might be a good idea. And then I didn't hear from him for about a month. And he was like, hey, do you want to do the company? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> and and I, I love business as much as I love music. So oh, wow. yeah. really, yeah, I, I, I do love uh, business in general. So I have a, also a company, an audio company called The Audio High with, uh, with Chris Velasco, who's a composer. And so I had that experience. Uh, running a company i mean which is why we we talk about like, okay do you want to do this video game company and i'm like yeah let's do it 
that's how it all started. And and some of the folks from your audio company worked on Impa the Sun, right? Yes, we actually we had a like a big, a relatively big theme for um, for an indie game, which is we had three sound designers and me as composer. Okay. Like four people on an indie game is not the the normal. Uh, like what you usually have is like one audio guy. And yeah. that's it. <laughs> he does everything. Yeah. Uh, in this case, we had like designers doing design, one sound designer only implementation, and me writing the music and and running the whole show. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. <laughs> Tell me a, a little bit more, if you would, about, you know, the influence of Peru artistically and, you know, I think we've talked a bit musically the influence, but, you know, I know that it was beyond the music that, that influenced this game. So if you could tell me a little bit more about, you know, maybe visual, uh, visually how, how this game was influenced by your country. Yeah, of course. So it was really influenced by the different regions of so like exactly the same as we did with the music was what we did with the art and and, and really with, with with everything so the art was inspired for instance the the art in the jungle was inspired by the culture of chachapoyas which is a uh, just a origin in, in peru The underworld was inspired by a culture called Chavin, which has like these huge like stone heads and like stone monolith. And it did like human sacrifices, so it was perfect for the underworld. Then the desert was inspired by the Señora Sipan, which is again, uh, and the, the uh, Mochica culture, which is again an art culture. These are pre Incan cultures. And then the mountains were influenced by the Incan culture and by Machu Picchu. The boss is a is like a mountain, and if you see like back, it's it's actually Machu Picchu. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, when you know, most people are familiar with Machu Picchu, but not these pre-Incan cultures. So that's, you know, one of the things that's so 
I guess, fulfilling about playing the game is learning about this other whole other layer of Peruvian history that, you know, certainly I'm not familiar with. So, um, you know, how did you deal with, for instance, having all these other languages in? Like, who, who did you know who spoke these languages or how did you find people who spoke such ancient languages? Well, there are ancient languages, but people do speak them now. They're still so, part of the culture. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They're, they're still part of the culture. So it wasn't super hard to find a translator. Sure. But like the real challenge was um, to make the words fit because the translators were not musicians. Oh, and sure. Yeah. So that was the fun part, <laughs> which was like <laughs> just like trying some words and having them translate them. Okay, does it make sense? Does this work? And and all that uh, that back and forth with the, the translator was uh, the child. So I, I didn't wrote the, the lyrics. That was my girlfriend, and she she wrote the lyrics, and she was doing like the whole translation part. Okay. And it ended up well, ended up pretty good, I think. And I like at the end too, where you bring piano in. What made you decide to to have the piano so bare at the at the very end of the of the game? I wanted to have a film more of a, like a Ghibli movie. At the end, and so I was like, "Well, that should be a solo piano." So that's why I wanted to to have the the but play it on a piano. It's really beautiful, and especially I love how the whole thing ends with Nin's theme. I just absolutely love that. Um, what are some of the other live instruments that you used that maybe, you know, might be kind of a surprise? Like, was there, I mean, this is a ridiculous example, but like harpsichord or something like that. Was there something that you threw in there that just really was the sound you needed, even if it didn't really quite, you know, fit in, so to speak? Um, well, there's... There's one instrument which is not from the region, but again, it's not a documentary, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which was a Nastec uh, that whistle. Okay. And we used that one for the other world, which is like, it doesn't really fit the under, well, it's the underworld, it doesn't fit the cultural area from where the rest of the, uh, yeah. the other world is inspired. <laughs> so that was one the an instrument that I really loved and was used because it was an instrument that a friend brought to me from uh, when he went to Mexico. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'm going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first game that your company, this new company has done, but you've done other games before and you've done other media before. So I guess what do you find most enriching about uh, working in video games? Well, I think that they're all fun in, in different ways. Um, but what I really love about video games is like the, the, the like the implementation of the music. Mm. It, like doing like experimenting with how the implementation and like reorchestration and like branching techniques are going to change uh, how the music sounds. I really like that part of it. Interesting. Yeah, which is like, I, I don't know, like something that probably most composers don't like <laughs> because it's a, it's a different job, right? It's not a composer job. 
Yeah. But I do like to think ahead and go like, oh, what did this or that? Or like, make this more interesting. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's what I really like about on, on video games. Yeah, and I think, you know, implementation, if you are active in that as a composer, it, it obviously can change how you're thinking of your own music. So it's a valuable thing to enjoy doing because, as you say, some composers don't really like doing it, but it's such an informative, important process, right? Yeah. So I, I didn't do implementation myself, but I did do the concept, right? So it's like, yep. okay, I want the music to do this and this and this and this and that. So that whole part for me is actually really fun. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And so what are some of the things that you're working on right now? If there are things you can talk about, uh, you know, what's what are you writing for right now? Well, because I'm also CEO of some, I can say this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're working on a new game. <laughs> awesome. And, um, yeah, exactly. So those are the perks of being CEO <laughs> of, a, uh, of a gaming company as well. Uh, so yeah, we're working on a new game, which is uh, an RPG. Oh, and, nice. and yeah, so I'm I'm working on the on the music for that one. Oh, neat! Yeah, I can't say much more. But <laughs> <laughs> and did I? Okay, we might share a little obsession here. Did I read somewhere that you're playing Elden Ring right now, or have you finished it? Oh, right, finished it. <laughs> you finished it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Well, what are you playing right now? Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm very proud. <laughs> you should that. be. You should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I absolutely love that game. It was oh. in, incredible. Like, I love Souls-like uh, games. Actually, okay. Impulse of the Sun was inspired by Souls-like games. And at some point, we yeah, we really want to do something like that because it's just, it, it's just amazing. How, like, the whole world and how like the freedom you have to explore and but also like the difficulty it's part of the charm of the game yes which is something that i didn't get at first because like you know when i started playing souls like game i was like well, why does it have to be so difficult but then you get it and it's like okay i get it why it has to be like this yes i was the same with i, I tried i tried bloodborne i tried dark souls i don't think i ever played demon souls but i played I played some Souls-likes, and they never really landed with me very well. And I think, you know, Elden Ring was made for people like me, in a way, who kind of need to ease into understanding that difficulty, you know? And I liked being able to, I like being able to run away. <laughs> in most cases, you can't always run away, but sometimes you can. And that, it, for me, made the difference. And so now I'm pretty sure I'll probably go back and play some of those older ones, too. But, man... <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. No, it, it was incredible, and also like uh, you know, my business partner Chris, uh, he loves the gothic art, and I told him like, dude, like, this game is made of all the art in your house. And it was like <laughs> literally like like that those like, gothic uh, <laughs> environments, like weird creatures, like everything. Wow. And yeah, you know, after 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 playing it longer, it's like okay, now I appreciate more. <laughs> Hold your heart.
Uh, there's one other track I want to make sure I mention because it gets stuck in my head and I love it. Um, and also a, a lot of really uh, very cool rhythmic stuff that you're doing in Imp of the Sun. And, you know, whether it's polyrhythms or whether it's just, you know, irregular meters and fives or I don't know if there's sevens, but I think there maybe are some fives in there. And um, I, that's just it, it adds a really um, energetic feel to a lot of the music. But there's one track, um, Mountain Ruins, there's something about the mountain. I guess I'm the mountain region girl, but Mountain Ruins is it's very folky. And I love I love the melody in that. Can you tell me a little bit about that piece? Yes, of course. So that one is um, what you would imagine when you think of, of Peru. Like, that's the sound that you would imagine, right? You would imagine, like, uh, the, um, the pan flutes yeah. uh, and, and, the, and the Andean guitar. So that one has, like, yeah, it does have, like, a bunch of irregular meters. That's because of how I write. Okay. Uh, that, that, I don't know, for some reason, I don't do like melodies which are like one meter only um but i don't know that's how i hear them (laughs) not on purpose and (laughs) and so yeah it's like uh five four and then four and uh, and then something and and also the roncoras have like very particular pattern that they do which is like if you really analyze it it's like a sixth of uh who knows what uh (laughs) Like, like, you know, like a, a 128 or that you move uh, a little bit before. But yeah. that's the point. It's more like a cultural like feel of how you play it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you just have like that interesting pattern. And then, well, and then the, the charangos and the, and the guitars. Love all that. Love all the guitar-y type instruments with all the percussion. It's it's wonderful. Um, and and one where you really get to hear, I think it's the Kenna again, is Hub World, right? Right away in the beginning, you get to hear so much of that beautiful Kenna. So who did you, you had mentioned that you had an, an actual woodwind player. Is that pretty much the person who played all the Kenna parts? And uh, I mean, how did that, how did that work? No, actually, so everything we recorded at the museum, was recorded more as a sampling. Sure. So that was before, like, before I wrote, like, any notes. So okay. it were just, like, uh, textures and, like, sounds, a uh, few phrases to, to pick from, mm-hmm. but mostly uh, sounds and textures. Then I actually had, like, a, um, I would I always work with, uh, whose name is Sandro Kredik, and he's in Switzerland. He's, like, great woodwind and i had a uh, like so we had a few kind of changes made here and then sent over to him and then he also got a toyo he got a bunch of things. and of an instrument he had he had kenas already and and he played all of those
that's just such lovely, lovely sound. I love it. Uh, what more do you want to say about Imp of the Sun um, or, or anything else you've got up your sleeve? Uh, probably I didn't explain the concept of each of the areas. Uh, so for each of, the, each of the areas, we had like a, the same concept in the sense that we had a, one motif of the boss that was played. So each of the big areas was subdivided in two areas and then boss fight. Okay. And so each of those areas had a had different style of music and then the boss fight. So this same motif was evolving throughout like throughout the area. So you'd hear like first um, I don't know, for instance, in the desert, you hear the motif played on a cello, um, yeah. very like space self. Yeah. And then you hear it again, but more solemn when you get to the tempo, and then when you get to the final boss fight, you hear it as a kind of Duel of Fates, like a Peruvian Duel of Fates. So, <laughs> so that's that's how you, you get it. But it's always the same thing that tells the story of the boss that you're fighting. You mentioned the Souls-like influence, and this comes through in the bosses, right? Because the bosses are pretty challenging. Yes, yeah, they're they're pretty challenging, and but still, we we want uh, to have uh, enough, but still help the player a little bit because in this case, you cannot just like run away, and <laughs> so I mean, you could do a different boss. You can, but there's like the world is not big enough that that you can make it work like a spring. So in this case, what we, what we had was a little system in the program inside that helps you a little bit when, if you're dying too many times. <laughs> but still, like, it's, it's a little bit challenging at first. Once you, once you get understand it, it's, it's actually not that challenging. Uh, but then for those who really look for a challenge, we have Eclipse Mode, which is, yeah, super hard. Since you can go wherever you want at the beginning of the game, you potentially can have very different playthroughs as you play through the game, right? Because if you go to one area, you unlock certain things different from a different area, correct? Yes, exactly. And the whole world is designed for that, for the because the replayability feels different if you have different abilities on different points. Yeah. And there's also like different uh, shortcuts that you can take. And you know, items you can collect. So it's um, it's a different every time. And it's also different when you have like all of them, which is why we created Smoke. Nice. I love that. So, you know, back to what you're playing. What are you, what are you playing right now? Right now? Uh, not much. <laughs> I, okay. Since I finished three, I was like, okay, this is consumed like <laughs> <laughs> enough of my life already. <laughs> and, well, no, it, it had been, a long time since I played like a game that that I like so much as, as Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, 
that's the highlight of the, this year, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still have a ways to go. I still haven't even unlocked the mountains, the cold weather region. I haven't unlocked that yet. So I've got oh. some I've got some play ahead of me yet. But yeah, yeah, working my way through some of the underworld underground stuff right now, which is really. I mean, that game, whatever. That game's amazing. (laughs) 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 It really is. Um, Well, man, and I I really look forward to, you know, to seeing Sunwolf Entertainment's next game. And I'm just so amazed with your time, the time that it took you to make Imp of the Sun and to get it out into the world. That's remarkable. (laughs) Um, so I just, I'm excited to see what's coming next from you guys. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I think that's pretty much it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, it it really was such a pleasure to hear your music and obviously to learn more about Peru. What a treat. And, um, just, uh, thank you for your time today and for writing such wonderful music. Yeah. So much, so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Jose Verón, see a playlist, and support Level with Emily at patreon.com level. Check out the video of our chat with Jose on the Level with Emily YouTube channel, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel to get all of our new videos of interviews. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily. Join us on Discord, of course, and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.